0: This is an ABC podcast. Dr. David Tuffley is one of those scientists you can go to if you're worried about change. Speaking personally, my motto is nothing should ever happen for the first time, especially if it's anything to do with artificial intelligence. David thinks differently. He knows where the real villains are hiding, mean machines with menace. But he also knows how much we don't need to worry. See what you think.
1: Now, we've heard a lot, I think, all of us, about how the robots are coming and they're going to take our jobs. Some of these predictions go even further and predict that they're going to do us in. Fact of the matter is, we do know that artificial intelligence, whether it's in a robot or distributed out there in the world, is going to take some jobs. It's going to be those jobs that can be described as a process, Anything that's described as a process can technically or theoretically be automated, but that doesn't mean it's going to be. And there's an assumption that if it can be, then it will be. And that's simply not the case. For all sorts of reasons, some jobs will never be done by robots simply because we need humans doing them. They're required. So if I go to the doctor. I don't want a hologram saying, please state the nature of your medical emergency. I want somebody sitting a human across from me, looking me in the eye, understanding me with empathy and doing the business. Now, that doesn't mean that that doctor isn't going to have some kind of artificial intelligence helping him or her to do their job so much better with something like a million medical journals being published every year, no one person could possibly get through all of that. So AI is good at doing that. It can just eat all of that and help the human to do this. So let's get into what it is that will be happening, in my view, in the future. First of all, the jobs that will go will tend to be those dirty, dangerous, disgusting jobs that people don't really want to do anyway and which employers have trouble getting people to do, or if they can, they have to pay them a lot. Those are the jobs that are already being automated. For lawyers, there's talk about how lawyers and accountants and other professionals are being put out of work by AI. Well, that's the really low-level jobs of, say, with lawyers' discovery, where you are wading through hundreds and hundreds of pages of documents. The AI can do that, but a lawyer still needs to actually do the case. Some people would say that technological innovation contributes to unemployment. We know from history that for every job that is lost, jobs are created. Now, the problem is we don't actually know what those jobs are going to be exactly, but we know they will exist. How do we know? Because there's historical precedence. Every generation worries about these things. Take it back to the Industrial Revolution. All sorts of jobs were automated there, potters and weavers and such like, but hey, we've still got excellent potters and weavers in the world, those trades didn't disappear. It's now left to the people who are passionate and very good at it. A bit closer to home was when I started out with work in the 80s. I remember there was such a thing as a typing pool. Some of you will remember when that part of the employment landscape was there and then suddenly it wasn't there because people got computers on their desks and you were expected to type up your own documents. Those people in the typing pool did lose their jobs, most of them, and I remember there being a lot of worry about that at the time. These days, the computer industry has created dozens, literally dozens, of new job categories that has more than made up for the jobs lost in the typing pool. And those same people working in that typing pool weren't unemployed because typing skills were still in demand and they went on to have jobs, other jobs. So really, the question is not will I be employed in the future, but how will I position myself to be as employable as I can be in the future? I'm referring to some work done by Harvard professor of psychology, Howard Gardner. He wrote a book called Five Minds for the Future. And in it, he describes in very general terms, five mindsets that will be very useful for the future. First mind or mindset is the disciplined mind. In a world of infoglut, in a world where so much information comes at us all the time, every day, from all directions. The people who can look at an area and see into it beyond the surface to the essence of that thing and know it for what it really is. This is nothing new. Marcus Aurelius, the philosopher king, you know, Roman emperor, said this. He says, for any particular thing, ask yourself, what is this thing? What is it for? What is it? Then you go to another thing in a related discipline and you do the same thing again. And perhaps you do it a third time in a third area. When you do this, sometimes you're going to come up with something absolutely brilliant, but that might be only one time in 20, or it might be even worse than that. But every creative person knows this. You can do your best and it won't always work. In fact, it most of the time doesn't work, but you keep going because you know that it will work eventually. And that's the second and third of Gardner's minds, which is the creative mind and the synergizing mind, the one that brings things together into a useful whole. So perhaps you can see we're really talking here about looking around at the world, seeing the reality of it beyond the surface appearances and then bringing disparate elements together so that you've come up with something new. The fourth one is the respectful mind. In this connected world of ours it 's very hard for anyone to really get away with wrongdoing anymore. It used to be that dictators could oppress their people, and no one would hear too much about it, maybe whispers, but that was all nowadays everyone 's got a smartphone, and you know they 're taking pictures and video and it 's within seconds it 's on social media that's a good thing in a sense because it is keeping people honest and the respectful mind is the mind that values diversity recognizes that inherent in human nature is this us and them mindset which basically says well i'm all right but i don't know about you you know you might be an enemy and that's been the basis of pretty much all of the conflict that we've seen down through human history and As a species, we do tend to be a bit violent that way, but we can transcend that by realising that, hey, we're all just one big human family after all. And the fifth is the ethical mind. Now, I teach ethics at Griffith to our IT students. They're a bit reluctant, would you believe, to learn ethics. They don't see how it's relevant to IT, but it is extremely relevant because they have great power. If they can make technology, they can do things which can either help people or can harm people. Technology in itself is neither good nor bad. It is really just an extension of us. It is a tool, and with AI, it's a helper that can magnify our capabilities to do things we couldn't previously do. And the ethical mind looks for ways to allow people to move towards achieving their potential as a human being in some way or another. So those are the five minds that Howard Gardner talks about. You know, I tell my students this, that the way to proceed is to look at the patterns of the past and put them into the future and predict what things are going to look like in five or ten years and then position yourself so that when that future arrives, you are well prepared for it. In the brave new world of intelligent machines, it's these really essentially human qualities that will remain of value and basically in demand. So we really shouldn't be thinking about technology as a threat, but more as a helper. Thank you. Don't worry, just here to help,
0: says R2D2. Hope he's right. Dr David Tuffley is Senior Lecturer at Griffith University and he's written scores of books on the impact of technology. He was speaking in Brisbane. Next time, Dr Kiri Bilby joins us once more to talk about sex and babies and making babies without sex. I'm Robin Williams. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.